Price Talk, Minipod, for a Monday night, August the 9th, 2021, and I'm your host, Donald Wayne, but uh, you knew that probably if you're a regular of Trice Talk or Minipods, or I should say, and or Minipods. Uh, hey, everybody, thanks for checking out this episode with me. Uh, tonight, I'm going to do something a little different. Instead of spending the entire show on rants about the idiocy of Biden's handling of the southern border or the insanity of the Republicans that are helping accelerate the Democrat socialist agenda or even the socialist creep into our public schools around the country. Instead, I'm going to share a smorgasbord of quick articles that will hopefully help make the case that we are in deep caca in this country, folks. Since Biden took office only seven months ago, every level of our society as we know it in this country is under attack. Democrats want to reshape the way we think, the way we talk, the way we vote, the way we view patriotism in our country. In fact, it would be easier to say what the Democrats aren't trying to change, which I might say is a very small list, at least for now. So I will do kind of a rapid fire, if you will, through some articles that, well, you decide how you feel after you hear all of them. Um, the first article, it's, it's something, it's a subject that I've talked about before. Probably it's been maybe three, four months ago. It was something the American Medical Association came out with, an article, and addressed this very subject. And it's a very short thing. It doesn't go into a lot of detail. So, But it's just something to plant this in your head, that it's still out there. And then people, other medical organizations, are adopting this. So this is called, uh, the article is entitled, Call It Human Milk Feeding. Doctors announce new gender inclusive terms from an article by Campus Reform by Brooke Dooley. Uh, she's a Michigan campus correspondent for uh, Campus Reform. Okay, let me pull that article up. Um, so this is from the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. 
recently said it would stop using language it deems discriminatory to the LGBTQI plus community. Uh, the statement also included recommendations for future medical studies. So Brooke goes on to write, terms such as mother, breast, breast milk, and breastfeeding are no longer acceptable. Last week, the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, I didn't know there was an Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, announced that it is replacing these terms with a lactation-related language to achieve de-sexed or gender-inclusive language. Though it contains breastfeeding in its name, the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine will now use mammary gland to refer to breast and human milk feeding instead of the term breastfeeding. Laura Kerr, medical director of newborn care at University of California Davis Children's Hospital, was the only professor to serve on the task force that produced this statement. CARE and the rest of the ABM task force included three suggestions to make future medical research more gender inclusive. These suggestions include broader gender, gender categories uh, to not assume that lactation follows a birth, okay, and include information on history of hormone therapy and surgeries for transgender participants. Per the UC Davis website, CARE stated, language has power. The language that we use should be as inclusive as possible when discussing infant feeding. All right. I've commented on this before. I'm going to abstain from commenting on this one now, and we'll go to the second article. And you can... Uh, come up with your own thoughts about that one, if you will. All right, I'm having a little trouble getting this. Okay. Um, well, let's see. I'm thinking, hang on a second. Jeez. Uh, All right. <laughs> it's... The, there's uh, uh, like 10 articles on the side of this thing. And then with the pop-up ads that come in here, have you ever tried to click on an article when it's constantly moving because of pop-ups? I mean, it's really a challenge. All right. The, um, the second article is from Campus Reform as well. And it's a uh, it's titled "Memo Reveals UNC, which is University of North Carolina, plans to sideline diversity of thought ahead of Nicole Hannah Jones' appointment." This is by Angela Morabito, higher education fellow and spokeswoman for campus reform. She writes. A memo obtained by Campus Reform reveals that the UNC Husband School of Journalism and Media considered diversity of thought to be in conflict with its efforts to achieve social justice objectives. 
So no diversity of thought and social justice objectives. Hussman, Dean, Susan King wrote the August 1st, 2020 memo to University Chancellor Kevin Gus, Gus, Guskowitz. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm ad-libbing here. Guskowitz, I think that's who that is. Kevin. Sorry, Kevin, if I mispronounce your last name. Uh, she stated, there is a fundamental conflict between efforts to promote racial equity not equality, but equity, and understandings of structural racism and efforts to promote diversity of thought. These two things cannot sit by sit side by side without coming into conflict. Okay. King wrote the memo in anticipation of Nicole Hannah-Jones joining the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill facility and teaching a class-based on the 1619 Project. Hannah Jones will teach a large class open to all students that centers around the 1619 Project. The class will advance all our values around diversity and the media and also offer students inside and outside Hussman a much deeper understanding of systemic racism and the impacts of slavery on America, King wrote. Despite an apparent willingness to deprioritize diversity of thought, the plan contains pages of recommendations aimed at advancing racial diversity according to a particular understanding of race and racism. At the time the memo was written, it was possible for a Hussman student to graduate without taking a course focused on the question of diversity According to the dean, King wrote, faculty believe that is a problem. The Hussman School was already requiring its faculty to incorporate diversity into their class materials, but King wrote that this was not enough. Although each class taught in the school must have a syllabus that reflects the value of diversity, King writes, faculty see it as spotty and they worry a new course or courses focused on only on diversity will weaken the need to accent racism, social justice, and cultural competency throughout the curriculum. To fix this problem, the memo determined that future students should be required to take a race-focused class in order to graduate. By fall 2022, school leaders plan to develop a required core foundational course in cultural competency that includes a global perspective as well as race, ethnicity, and structural racism for all of our students. The memo also stated that the curriculum of a news writing course should incorporate style guides from the Asian American Journal Journalists Association, the National Association of Black Journalists, the National Association of Hispanic Journalists, Native American Journalists Association, National Gay and Lesbian Journalists Association. Hmm, they left out a little punctuation in this article. And the Trans Journalist Association. Good Lord, how many associations do we have that we're drawing from here? Gosh. All right, the trans 
Journalist Association style guide tells writers not to use the terms biological sex, biological woman, or biological man because, in the guide's own words, these terms are inaccurate and often offensive. How in the flipping world is it offensive? I guess it depends on who you're talking to. Maybe. It also tells writers to avoid using the term preferred pronouns because someone's pronouns are not a preference. Someone's pronouns are not a preference, but rather the only appropriate way to refer to that person. I'm trying real hard here. In addition to incorporating new style guides into the curriculum, the Hussman School also planned to incorporate a racial analytic throughout all of our courses beginning in the fall of 2020 semester. The UNC campus reform in a statement that following a retreat, the chancellor asked deans to each send a memo answering three questions related to structural racism in their units and on campus. The statement also read, our school believes meaningful and productive public conversation depends on the inclusion of diverse perspectives. It is central to our mission. We stand by that ethic and our long tradition of welcoming diverse viewpoints into the school and debating issues with respect while being accountable to facts, accuracy, and context. And after having said all of that, they're having a problem with diversity. They're saying uh, diversity uh, teachings or subjects are going to be counterproductive if you're using it uh, at the same time trying to do uh, race, uh, accent racism and social justice and cultural competency. Diversity. The value of diversity conflicts with these things. Sounds a little strange to me. All right. I said I wasn't going to get caught up in uh, a whole lot of commentary on these things. I just I'm want to put them out there for y'all to listen to and, you know, decide how you feel about what you're hearing. All right. The last subject here. Uh, It's going to be something that's not from the campus reform. Uh, This comes from The Hill. I don't know if any of you are familiar with the publication The Hill. Uh, There's uh, a lot of times people uh, will guest on Fox from The Hill. I think uh, Joe Contra or Concha. I'm not sure. Oh, Contra. I think that's a different thing. Joe Concha, I believe, is on Fox quite a bit, and he's from the Hill. Anyway, this article is titled, Canceling the Constitution, Biden Hailed for Violating Rule of Law to Extend Eviction Moratorium. This is an article by Jonathan Turley, who is an opinion contributor, uh, and I believe Jonathan Turley is on Fox from time to time as well. All right, this is the, the, actually the longest one of the group, but it's, it's, it's talking about the fallout from uh, what Joe Biden has done in regards to the, um, 
the uh, rent moratorium, eviction moratorium. All right, it goes on to say, during the 2020 presidential campaign, then-candidate Joe Biden told voters that the choice between him and Donald Trump was between the lawful and the lawless. He called for voters to support the rule of law, our Constitution, a choice repeated mantra-like by the media to end Trump's assault on the rule of law. Now, six months into his presidency, Biden is openly flouting the Constitution with a knowingly invalid extension of the eviction moratorium, and some law professors and advocates on the left are cheering him for it. A few weeks ago, the Supreme Court ruled on the authority of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to impose a nationwide moratorium on the eviction of renters during the pandemic. Some of us criticize the CDC's order as unconstitutional. The reason is the breakthrough, uh, the breathtaking authority, I'm sorry, claimed by the CDC under a federal law that gives it the power to make and enforce such regulations as in its judgment are necessary to prevent the introduction, transmission, or spread of communicable disease. I have long been a critic of such unchecked and undefined authority in pandemics. This, however, is a particularly chilling example. It would give the CDC authority over huge swaths of our economy to avoid even the possibility of the introduction or spread of a disease. It means that a constitution designed to prevent tyranny and authoritarianism becomes largely irrelevant if you put on a white lab coat. After all, the law was designed to control disease, not democracy as a public health priority. In his 5-4 decision in Alabama Association of Realtors versus Department of Health and Human Services, the Supreme Court kept the CDC moratorium in place, but left no question that a majority of the justices ultimately view the CDC's order as unconstitutional. On the minority side of the vote, Justices Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch, and Amy Coney Barrett wanted to suspend the eviction moratorium as unconstitutional. Yet the CDC's original order was about to expire anyway, so in a somewhat baffling concurrence, Justice Brett Kavanaugh supplied the fifth vote in favor of the CDC to allow the law to simply expire and thereby enable an additional and more orderly distribution of the congressionally appropriated rental assistance. Now, remember, this is the Brett Kavanaugh that I talked about, I believe, on last night's show that uh, some Democrats are trying to to reintroduce uh, the investigation by the FBI or look at their investigation when Kavanaugh was investigated back in 2018 and call into question whether it was done properly and thereby they're thinking that they may be able to get Brett Kavanaugh either to step down or impeach him. But he voted in, in such a manner in this particular instance that helped the Democrats. So you might ought to rethink that, guys. Thus, the Kavanaugh vote with the majority in this case. But thus, 
Kavanaugh voted with the majority in this case, but also indicated that he agreed with his conservative colleagues on the larger point that the CDC never had the authority to issue the nationwide eviction moratorium in the first place without a congressional act. Biden acknowledged the obvious that any new order to extend the moratorium would be unconstitutional. Indeed, he admitted that legal experts overwhelmingly told him so. The bulk of the constitutional scholarship says that it's not likely to pass constitutional muster. Yet he added that he was able to find several key scholars who think that it may and it's worth the effort. The fact that most scholars relied upon by the Biden White House said that the move would be unconstitutional is itself remarkable. Given the makeup of most law faculties, Democrats in Congress usually can expect hundreds of supportive academics to sign letters and attest to their legal positions. The question then arose as to who would offer Biden constitutional cover when virtually every other liberal professor declined to do so. And the several key scholars were guessed by some of us to be single figure, be a single figure, okay? Harvard Law Professor Lawrence Tribe, after his own White House counsel agreed that the move would be unconstitutional, Biden reportedly told his chief of staff, Ron Klain, to call Tribe, who has been consistently there for Democrats, from supporting court packing to declaring Trump's terrorist Trump uh, to declaring Trump a terrorist to attacking Republicans and those with conflicting views. Tribe and I have long disagreed on constitutional questions, but the partisanship was often laced with some plausibility. The advice in this instance is incredible for its sheer uh, mendacity. The court clearly stated the, that the CDC lacks the authority, but Tribe reported assured Biden that this is technically, it would be a new order, even though it is based on the same unconstitutional claim. It is like being given a parole for stealing a BMW and then immediately stealing a Lexus because it's a different car. The problem was the act, not the make of the car. What is particularly alarming was Biden's reason for why it may not be worth the effort, that at a minimum, by the time it gets litigated, it will probably give some additional time while getting uh, that $45 billion out to people. In other words, with appeals, the Biden administration could rush out money before the courts could shut it down. Biden was hailed for his extra-constitutional commitment to social justice, one liberal, liberal commentator declared that with one small action, Biden reveals himself as a better leader than Trump. That small action was violating the Constitution, the document he swore to uphold, so help me God, at his inaugural. Nevertheless, gutting the rule of law is somehow now seen as a sign of leadership and action. Biden is not a first-time offender. When he was vice president, the Obama administration greenlighted the expenditure of billions under Obamacare despite lacking congressional approval. 
I represented the House of Representatives as lead counsel in successfully challenging that clearly unconstitutional act, but the administration was never required to get the money back. With the cover offered by Tribe in this instance, Biden apparently hopes to repeat the same tactic to bar evictions while evading the Constitution. When confronted on his unconstitutional strategy, Biden repeatedly reminded reporters that a pandemic is raging. Yet just months ago, Biden declared his election would be would amount to the triumph of the rule of law and would show that the flame of democracy cannot be extinguished, not even with a pandemic or an abuse of power. So Biden is now bowing. So Biden is now blowing out that flame while attempting to excite political demands for extra constitutional action. It will come at a great cost for the country and his own legacy. The oath that he took on January the 20th did not include an exception for political convenience. Indeed, it is often inconvenient to uphold the Constitution. The alternative is a type of self-conviction on the basis of one's oath of office. So, is it surprising at all? And I will comment on this last one since I have, I have a few minutes left here. Is it surprising at all that a Democrat promised to do one thing before they were elected to office, and then once he gets into office, he throws that crap out the window and and does whatever he feels he needs to do in order to basically appease the radical elements in his party. I find it hard to believe, as, with the age of Joe Biden, that he actually believes in some of the things that he's doing. Uh, I could be wrong, and I'm not... You know, we, we, we criticize people a lot and, and I talk about Democrats and liberals and, uh, and, and obviously we have no way of knowing these people on a personal level. So I try not to put words in their mouth or thoughts in their heads when I'm talking about them. All I have to go on is, is the things that I can read, the things that I can see on the news. Um, and you have to be careful when you when you do that. But I do have a hard time believing that this man who has lived as long as he has with his age, that he would believe that some of the things that he's doing now is right. Um, my personal feeling is I, I think he's probably being run by his handlers and doing what people tell him that he has to do. Now, Maybe he's in such a frail condition that, that, you know, they've convinced him that what they want him to do is the right thing to do for this country. But, you know, this, this, the things that, that he's doing would not make sense from someone of his uh, generation at all. A Democrat, yes, that he is. And, um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of negative things that you can say about Joe Biden, but some of this stuff, some of this 
anti-Constitution. Um, uh, this issues with the borders right now, th- they don't even make sense. They defy explanation. And in some ways, I understand uh, people's concerns. Uh, I'm not for throwing people out into the street that have lost their job because of the pandemic um, or were unable to work because of the pandemic, especially last year. I understand that, especially when uh, most of us were victims of, you know, the government anyway and and, uh, making us, uh, closing things down and making us not be able to go to work. But there was a good portion of the segment of the society that was able and was necessary for them to continue working. But if you think about it, I, I, I can't remember exactly when that uh, that eviction moratorium came out. It seemed like it was at least a year ago by now anyway. And you think about that. Uh, some of these people haven't paid rent in a year. So these landlords, and I know a lot of people don't, have any sympathy for landlords because they think they're all uh, rich corporations that own apartment complexes and so forth. But there's a lot, a lot of just private people out there that that have bought uh, rental properties uh, throughout the years in, in an effort to have some kind of retirement income. Uh, and um, And a lot of them are in dire shape you know, because if they don't, I mean, if their only income is from these units that they rent to people, they're not getting that. And if they've got mortgages on these properties, they're going to lose these properties because, you know, the government didn't do anything for the uh, the landlords. They didn't cover their mortgage payments to the bank. Oh, the banks still get their money, right? Well, you can't piss off the banks in this country if you're a legislator because uh, you need them to contribute to your campaigns. But does it make sense if you're going to cut off that supply chain that you that you tell people they don't have to pay their rent, but yet then the landlords still have to make their uh, mortgage payments on the properties that they have? Doesn't make sense to me, and especially a year down the road. So, you know, that's that's all I'm going to say about that. But, you know, I, I saw the day that Biden was on TV and said that this probably he's been advised that this probably is, is uh, you know, against the Constitution, but that he also was told by other experts that, you know, it's probably worth a try. And so he did. And so here we are. And once again, the government's doing what it wants to do. The Democrats are doing what they want to do for the people that they're hoping that they can get to vote for them next fall. You could almost, and this is an assumption, I can't say this is a fact, but it is my my very sincere feeling that basically what you're seeing now with Democrats as just an attempt to do things to try to create a massive base of supporters next fall. The more people you can give free stuff to, 
the better chance you have of getting their vote next fall. They're buying their vote, more or less. Not to say that some Republicans don't do the same thing, or many Republicans don't do the same thing. I think our whole system needs to be revised, along with term limits. Not that term limits would fix everything, but it certainly would be a good start so we don't have people like Joe Biden in office for 40-plus years, or like we've had some uh, congressional people that were in office, you know, 50 plus years. So anyway, that's the three articles. Think what you will of them. Uh, if you have any thoughts or uh, comments that you would like to make, I would encourage you to send me an email at tricetalk69pts at gmail.com. That's tricetalk 69 pts at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about those three subjects, if you have an opinion at all. And if you don't, you know, if, if you're, if you're a liberal and you're, you, you agree with everything that uh, these articles stated tonight, then fine. I, I welcome hearing from you as well. Uh, at Trice Talk, we do not discriminate against liberals uh, expressing their views like they do against us expressing ours. But um, all we can do is share these things with you, and then uh, you make up your mind how you feel. All right, so that'll do it for tonight. Let me click back over here on this. Hang on there with me so I get any little notations that I have and I might need to share. Um. Make sure that you, uh, tomorrow night is, is Tuesday night, and uh, Dennis Lee and I will be back tomorrow night with a regular version of Trice Talk. It will not be live tomorrow night, but I just thought I'd let you know now. We will be doing another live show on Thursday, or at least that's the plan right now. You know, <laughs> uh, if something happens with Dennis Lee's schedule and he's not able to be here, then I may not do a, a live show on Thursday. But right now and if you look on our schedule on the podbeam uh schedule you'll see that it's listed as a public show which means it will be live so i, I thank you for listening to tonight's episode or downloading this episode if you will and uh, if you like this or any of the tri talk family podcasts please be sure to follow us we would greatly appreciate that uh, also uh if you uh, want to uh, follow us on uh, Twitter, we have two accounts now. We have the one which I, I use is the uh, uh, at Trice Talk with G Moon, G Moon, and we also have a new one which is Dennis Lee's. It's Trice Talk D Lee L E E. So either one of those, and I'll, I'll put this information. It's always posted when I post the episode. So if you're uh, not able to write that down, you can always look on the show notes and it'll be there for you to use. All right. So um, anyway, hope that y'all will get a chance to uh, listen to tomorrow night's episode. And uh, until then, everybody keep your eyes open and your mind sharp. Stay safe, everybody.
can't help about the shape I'm in. Can't say I ain't pretty, I'm a little Don't ask me what I think of you. I gotta give the answer that you want me Don't ask me what I think of you. I might not give the answers that you want me to. 